on the video or in uh, sermon loop. But let's, uh, if you got your Bibles, let's just turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, reviewing because I want to I want to get through this today and I want to I want to finish up this series because I believe there's some some things that God wants us to get to uh, going into the rest of October but this this is a time that we live in that I, I think we we need to just be reminded of how important it is where our faith is and and how we get that faith settled because you know there are are uh, things in uh, going on in our world that kind of put us in a, a place that how we're and, and challenge us as how as to how we're going to live. And you know, I've, I tell people all the time: no matter what you do, do do that from a position of faith as best you can. And if you're in fear, then address that. <coughs> Excuse me, address that and get. Uh, the things in place that you would need so that you can walk by the Word of God regardless. And, and you know, I think that's uh, something that, you know, the, the world is constantly putting pressure on people. And uh, that's the way the devil likes it. He likes to put us under pressure. But here in Second Corinthians, or I mean in Hebrews chapter 10, I don't know where 2 Corinthians came from, but uh, Hebrew, don't go there. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. And let's look here in... Uh, Let's look in verse 32. He says, Remember those early days after you had received the light when you endured the great conflict full of suffering. Now remember, he's writing to uh, the, the, the early church, but this, this was written, the author here, most, most believe it was uh, uh, Paul, but it's not a, absolute of who was writing here. But this, this was written a lot farther down the line, uh, years afterwards. And so there were some of them who had years of, of transition or, or applying the, the walk with Christ. But we, they could still remember, absolutely remember. And, and it may not have been them, but, but maybe their parents or maybe their grandparents. But, but they, and, and some of them who were alive, that experienced some of the sufferings that those initial Christians had to deal with. I mean, making, making Jesus your Lord and, and following their Christian faith and what was being established. I mean, they were those forerunners, and they were, they were facing great, great persecution. I mean, there, there are things going on in, this, in America right now that are persecutions or challenges in, in, to our faith that we haven't seen before, things that we've anticipated, things that are coming. But I don't think they're where they're going to be yet. But here's the thing. There's still nothing compared to what those, these people went through. Nothing even compared to today and what other, some other countries are. I guarantee you those people in the Middle East that were Christians, uh, they, they now, and especially Afghanistan, after everybody was taken out, removed, the, our military, now all of a sudden they're exposed. And there's no doubt those that had, had a level of persecution and a level of commitment to their faith that we haven't faced yet. But here's, the, here's what we've all experienced, I'm sure. If you've been born again for any period of time, some of you, it may have been a long time ago, but you remembered a time where you had to make a choice in a relationship of whether or not it was going to move forward based on what, where you were going to stand and where somebody else would. And I remember losing friends to make my, to make my commitment to God. I remember those that I couldn't, I didn't necessarily lose them as friends, but I lost them as buddies and hangout. We didn't hang out anymore. Why? Because there were so many differences in how we were going to live and how we were going to approach, approach things. 
There were, there were times that I had to make choices and decisions. Uh, I've, I've told the story about the business decisions that I've had to make at times because of the call of God, but also just because of me as a Christian, I, I choose to walk in a different light in a different way in a different place. And you know what? There's, there's all those questions and, and those challenges. And, and that's what he's, he's saying. Remember those times of those great afflictions and remember what was different. You had a, a conviction that said, I'm not, I realize that, that even if I have to go it alone, I will go it alone because I'm going I'm to live for God. Now, here's, what, here's the wonderful thing. And I've always told my kids this. Uh, I, I, I've said this Especially, I'm sure Kenzie's heard it. I haven't had to say this as much as the younger ones, but I can remember the, the older ones are saying, you, you make your choice how you're going to walk and how you're going to live, and others will, will, the, the, will, there will be a silent minority that will come jump in there with you. They're just waiting on somebody to dare to be bold enough to, con to say, you know what, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live in a different way. So when he's talking about this, this part of Hebrews where he talks about faith, we, we associate, and I teach this mainly where our believing in God is concerned to receive our prayers answered, but it's just as much about our walk and our commitment in how we, our faith in Christ Jesus, that this is settled, that we're going to just, we're going to walk by, we're going to walk in our faith with God, regardless of what the, what, what the rest of the world does. And you know, here's the power of that. Once you are, once you are settled on that, then there's no more wishy-washiness. But he's saying, don't forget when the pressure's on, don't shrink back. Let's look at verse 36. He says, he says you need to persevere or endure, some translations say, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. You know, that's where our faith and our prayer is concerned, but it's also where our faith in Him is concerned. We have to be convinced because the, when, when the challenge is on, when it looks like nothing's good in life or, or it looks like things, I don't know if you know this, but once you get saved, everything just doesn't get rosy. <laughs> sometimes, when, and, and I can tell you this, that sometimes when you commit to God, you, you tick off somebody. The devil. And he'll do everything he can. I, you don't know how many times I have heard people say, Oh, I'm committed, Pastor. I'm committed. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve with you. I, I feel like God is calling me to come in and really help out and volunteer and do all this extra stuff. And, and I mean, there are times when that's the last time I see him. And, and, or, or I ask them, do something. Yeah, I'll do that. And then all of a sudden, their life takes a, a, a drastic turn. You say, well, oh, golly, then I don't want to do anything. No, just have it resolved that we're going, you're, going to, you're going to walk with God, and you're not going to allow all the, the things to begin to detract you, distract you, or, and, and to take you away from what you committed to. Because he's saying there will be opposition. When you commit to do something, there will be opposition. But he says, don't draw back. Don't shrink back persevere. Now, I don't want to paint the picture also that it's hard and difficult. That's the wonderful thing. When we are filled up with Him, I love that song, that fill my cup, Lord. Man, there's times when I'm just dry and into me and wrung out and, and stressed or whatever. I can sing that song, Lord, fill my cup. Fill it up. I need it. 
<laughs> and, you know, and, and, and I'm talking about just to myself walking through the house or whatever. Lord, fill my cup. Driving down, fill my cup, Lord. Fill me up, Lord. See, there's, when, when we begin to get, get in that place, he's just waiting. It's like, okay. And he'll fill us up. But see, that gives us that, that ability to endure. Regardless of what we face uh, uh, in, in this life and the challenge, if we have it resolved, that's the wonderful thing. We're never going it alone. We may feel like sometimes. We may feel like a difficulty. We may feel like there's a challenge. But I can guarantee you God is right there with you, and he's, he's alongside you. And when you are in that place and in that, in that time of distress or that time of difficulty, that's when he'll show up the biggest. That's when you come through it totally different. And that's when, that's when it, but it requires that faith that we make as a, as a choice and a decision. See, I, I, I wrote down here, you, you got to choose where you will be. Get that settled beforehand. You know, uh, we, we, we talk about, uh, I, I've in, counseled people before where, where uh, a uh, situation in, in maybe health or as people are getting older or as, as things begin to be an issue, uh, or, or could be an issue where their health is concerned. I said, get some stuff settled. Get some stuff settled. Settle what you're going to do if you die. Settle what you're going to do and, and how things are going to be navigated. Because when you get in the biggest fight in, in where health or, or, or finance or some of those things are concerned, if you've got that already settled now the way, then you don't have to go thinking about it anymore. You don't have to have a conversation about that. You can have the absolute focus on, here's how I'm going to win. Here's how we're going to overcome. Here's what I'm going to pray. Here's what I'm going to believe God for. It's already settled. We know, we know where we are. Well, uh, we, it, whenever we think can think back, here's the value of, of him the, referring back to earlier years. He were referring back to earlier years and say, remember how difficult that was, and yet you made it through. Remember how difficult that time was. That's the, that's the good thing about having a history. That's the good thing about living a few years. I, I think it's, it's a value in what the older generation, whatever that is, older than you, can, can help you with. They can say, you know what? I remember a time. You say, oh, I got to hear a story from an old folk. I love hearing stories from the, those older. I love hearing how, how they persevered, how they overcame. I love how they go through the, the, a lot of the old stories and, and even of times that were very, very difficult. Why? Because they're still alive. They're still here. They're still with us. And you know what? Uh, those, that are, those that are, then we can use that as an example and, and we can gain hope from that. But here's the thing. Regardless of, of what people's experience is, my greatest source of faith needs to come from the Word of God. And remember, even the smallest thing, how God got you through, how God helped you overcome. He goes, he goes on there in verse 39. I love this. He says, no, verse 38. He says, but my righteous ones will live by faith. So how do we live? By faith. He says, and, and take no pleasure, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Well, I, I, I like that. See, he's, he's coming in, he's saying, look, we're, you, I, I know there are those that shrink back. God's not happy with those that shrink back, but we're not those. 
See, that, that's because they've settled in the fact, they've already made the decision that I am going to walk by faith. That's how I live. When we get that settled that, God, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live by what you've promised. I'm going to live by what you've said. See, there, there will be all kinds of different ways that the devil will try to steal your, your position, your faith. Now, most of you are, are far beyond that. You're, you're already past a point of no return. You ain't going back. But there may be some who listening to this and, and, and would be in that place where you're, where you're fresh enough in this or, or maybe you've not made that level of commitment yet that you could be moved. And let me tell you something, if you can be, you will be. So don't be. He's, in other words, he's saying, the just shall live by faith, so get that settled. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. And, and what does that say, regardless of circumstances? See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's, it's based on what we know God to be, who he is, and the, and the word that he's established. Whenever we take that word and we take that promise and we, we continue to stand in that, then that's where we can uh, make sure that we continue on. See, in that verse 11, chapter 11, verse 1, and he gets, he gets ready to talk about all the different heroes of faith. That's, that's the, the faith chapter, the hero uh, of faith chapter. Verse 1 says, now faith is a confidence or substance. I love this. There's three different words used in the, in the different translations for that first word. Faith is the confidence, it's the substance, and it's the assurance. Depending on what translation, ESV is assurance, the, the King James is substance, and the NIV is, is uh, confidence. Boy, when I have those as a, as a picture, see, he says, I'm going to live by faith. When I'm assured, when I have confidence, and, and when I have sub, then, then there is a substance. And I, and I think that's the, the, the tying together of all those. When I have a confidence, or I have a confidence because I have an assurance, and that gives me substance. And I tell you what, when, 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 you, when you know that you know, you say, well, how do I get there? You just keep feeding on the Word. You keep, you keep uh, pursuing God. You, see, you keep growing in that relationship. But he says, in what we hope for and for and an assurance, now, now it switches the word, an evidence and a conviction are the three words used about what we do not see. So an evidence and a conviction, and it brings an assurance. So it turns that all around, but there's that faith to know. See, once we get, begin to allow God to paint that picture of who He is, what He's done, what He's provided, then it begins. That is the confidence we had, not based on what we do see. See, there are going to be times when it appears like nothing's working. You ever, you ever, you ever been in a season where, where you're praying and yet doesn't look like anything's working? You ever been in a time where it looks like everything you're doing is, is working in reverse? You know, it, it, it looks like things are doing that. Well, so what carries us through? Why do, you, why do you keep believing? Because of that substance of faith, that assurance that comes, that confidence to know, I don't know what's going on out here, but I know who my God is. And see, that gives us an ability to continue to maintain and endure during that time that we're figuring things out. You know, uh, I, I can't say, I can give you all the principles of faith, and I can tell you exactly how to uh, apply those, those, that walk of faith. 
But yet there's still going to be times where because of our finite mind and because of the time-sensitive life we live in, that, we're, that, that things haven't happened yet. But it doesn't mean they're not at work. I can't see it. doesn't mean it's not at work. I, I, it's impossible, but God, I serve. That's why I love that song uh, when, when uh, uh, your wife, Clarissa, whatever her name was, Clarissa uh, posted that, that song on her Facebook page, and I happened to see it. And I, I, I was out checking cattle, checking Facebook at the same time, you know, just I was driving across the pasture. I was driving, but I was in the pasture, so it's all right. And, uh, but anyway, I, I immediately text mom. I said, hey, we need to do that song, and we did that last week, and then y'all weren't here, and, and it was so good. She, you know, she said, well, let's just do that again. I said, that's fine. Maybe we can do it every Sunday for a while. I don't care because I don't know, I don't know about you, but that's the, kind of, that's the kind of image of God that I want to see, that, I, that we can speak to those mountains, but we can't speak to those mountains without faith in a God and in the directing of how to do that. So we want to be those that don't shrink back, and the first thing we got to do is we got to choose that we're, not going to, that we're not going to. Now again, as soon as we choose to not, what are we going to have? There'll be opposition. There'll be something the devil will bring. He'll bring somebody to cause doubt. He'll, call, he'll, he'll bring a condition or something that, that, that brings a, a separation of that. But what, here's the second thing we got to do if we're not going to shrink back, and that is we got to act in faith based on the Word. And we use the illustration. Let's go to John chapter 2. And we used this illustration a, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not going to go through the whole story of Jesus at the, at the wedding. But I, I love the, the way this works I began to read this a few weeks ago, and it just stirred me with this example because here's the thing. We've got to act in faith based on the Word. Too many times we sit back and pray, God, do something, God, do something, God, do something, or we pray and we speak to the mountain, but yet we don't do the part that is ours to do. You know, what does the Bible say? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is... the. the uh, that Jesus is Christ and God raised Him from the dead. We, we've got to act on that. We've got to not only believe, but we've got to confess. We've got to say. We've got to make that declaration. Well, that's one example of this. But here in, in, this, in this wedding feast, it says, on, I'm just going to read from the, from the first verse in John chapter 2. He says, On the third day of the wedding took place in Canaan of, Cana of Galilee, Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. Then the wine was gone, and Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. He says, Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you to do. Notice the first part of that little phrase that's in quotes in my Bible at least. He says, Do whatever he tells you. What's the first word in that? Do. Thank you. Somebody, who got that? Gail? Gail? You, yeah, you, you get the gay, you get You said that. I did. But no, you, you got the gold star for today. See, do. See, too many times we want God to do everything for us, and, and we, or, or too many times we don't want to act, we don't want to step out. And so what we need to act, ask God whenever we get to a point of prayer or a bringing, presenting a need, we need to ask ourselves, okay, God, now what do I do in the midst of this? 
You know, that's why, that's why a prayer that requires action is ineffective until we release it and by faith and we step out in that. But it, it'll require some faith. So first of all, there had to be a willing heart. And see, a, a choice and a decision that says, I'm not going to shrink back, I'm not going to back off of what I believe or what I'm believing for, whose I am and all those things. But we got to ask her, we got to be willing to do whatever he tells you to do. Obedience was expected. Notice she, she didn't give him a choice. She told him. I love that. We need to just let, let the word of God tell us, this is what I'm going to do. But we have, need to have a willing heart. Verse 6, he says, Nearby there stood six water jars, the kind that were the, used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding about 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars of water, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Now I mentioned this, I'm going to mention it again, but he said, he noticed that they, they filled it to the brim. I love that because they didn't just they didn't fill it three quarters. They didn't fill it, you know, they didn't do a halfway job. They didn't do seven eighths. They didn't do fifteen sixteenths. They did it to the brim, to the full, till it overflows. That's kind of the way God does for us. That's what that's what uh, John ten ten is talking about. Jesus said, "The devil comes, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy." But I came to give you what life that you can just get by with. No life and life more abundant. So that, that means literally to, to the full till it overflows. So, you know, they were demonstrating their willingness to do it to the full, but I'm telling you what, that's a principle, that's a godly principle because that's the way he's looking to do us, to the full till it overflows. So they, they were obedient, but they were obedient fully, and I think that's a, a huge key. But notice it goes on, he says, then, this verse eight's key, he says, then he told them, so that was the easy part. You ever have God to ask you to do something that, you know, say so he says, you need to call your sister or you need to call your relative and encourage them. He said, okay, I can do that. And then he says, okay, now you need to call your coworker who doesn't believe in God or you need to do, or, or you, ever, you ever have somebody that, that says, man, I, I need prayer. I want, you, I want you to pray for me. And you say, okay, I'll do that. In my time, when it's comfortable, when I want to, well, what if, what if God saying pray now? It's like whoa, we're in the store, <laughs> or, or whoa, they're gonna think I'm weird. See, acting and do it, what if God says do it now? See, if we train ourselves, part of not shrinking back is also training ourselves that we're not only going to have faith to believe and make a choice that we're not changing, but we're also going to be willing to obey, ready to obey, and, the, and to do it to the full. So the easy part was fill the water pots. They did that part. Now, now it's getting a little more difficult. He says, <laughs> fill the jars with full. Okay, verse 8. Then he told him, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Whoa, Jesus, wait a minute. I, I wonder if they drew straws for that one. I don't know how many servants there was. There's only one dipper. Didn't like that. Like they needed, you know, six of them going up there with a dipper, you know, to let the, so, somebody had to be the one. Now we don't know who. I don't think it says. I didn't even read. I didn't think a whole lot about this till this jumped out at me. But I can tell you this: that it, it, that there was somebody had to be willing to take that extra, do that extra. See, here's the thing. I, I think God's looking for those that are willing to do that extra. 
You say, I might look, I might look stupid. Well, you know what? You're probably going to look stupid anyway. <laughs> At some point, right? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, but I mean, we, we all going to do something at some point that we, that, that doesn't, you know, make us, our mamas proud. You know, we're going to do something at some point that, 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 you know, if you do or say anything, you're, you're going to have some times where it doesn't work out exactly right. But you know what? We're willing to do it anyway. See, if we make a choice, we're not going to shrink back. We're not going to cave in under pressure. We're, we're part of that whole process is that, is that we got to make, be willing to be, look foolish for God. So I don't like that. Listen, I, I just know one thing. God loves you enough to not allow that to be something that destroys you. He's not trying to crush you. He's trying to empower you to do something greater. And you know what? The first time you do it, I remember Dakota was talking about he, when he decided he was going to start praying before the, the, the sale. You know, that was, that was kind of an awkward deal. At first, guys were like, I was there, you know, a couple times right there in the beginning, and, and guys were looking around like, we're doing what? You know, and then everybody, you know, that's, that's what I do love about rural people. Cowboys and, and, and farmers, ranchers, rural people, even if they don't pray often, they usually, most of the time, respect the fact that, okay, somebody's praying, okay, I'm going to stop, take off my hat, and, uh, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I may be looking around and don't know what to do with my hands and all that kind of stuff like people do, but yet they, they respect and honor that. But see, that's a choice and a decision we have to do regardless of what, if, if God says do it. I, I wrote down here, what about praying over your food in public? I don't always do that. I mean, I, I just jump down and eat. It's not because I'm afraid to pray in public. It's just that I pray everything I set my hand to is blessed. And so I figured I'm setting my hand eating this burger, so I'm going to ask your blessing. But we ought to pray over your food. Here's the thing. For some, that may be a tremendous testimony to other believers. You'd be sitting in a, in a place that's obviously not a, a, a church setting, and, I, and I'm always, almost always wearing a hat. So I got to take my hat off. Or I'm gonna pray. So then everybody really knows what I'm doing. It's like that could be one thing. What about praying over? I already said that praying over somebody right there at that moment, acting right then. See, we need to ask ourselves if we're going to act in faith based on the word of God. See, the word was now take it for. He said, fill the pots. That was step one. They don't get to do step two. They don't, get to, they don't get to see the miracle if they don't do step one, which is fill the pot, pots with water. That was, that was kind of crazy, but it, it really wasn't going to reflect on them bad. I mean, we're just filling pots. Hey, uh, nobody knows what we're doing, right? You know, that's, that's kind of the, the difference in carrying your physical Bible somewhere and opening it up and, and, and reading and doing stuff on your phone. When you're in a doctor's office or something, I'm not saying you always got to carry your physical Bible into those, those places, but I guarantee you if you pull this out, everybody knows what you're doing. If you're on your phone, you could be checking Facebook. They don't know you're doing something spiritual. So as a testimony, I mean, that, that's one of those things. You say, you know, it's just like bringing your Bible to church, and, and uh, that's one place we really ought to be able to, buy, to carry it in. But yet I know those that, that it's uncomfortable or it's, un, it's inconvenient. Yeah, it is. But I tell you what, it's, it's rich when you get to see it in that Word, and, and then you get to take it home because you've underlined something in a note that you've written or, or some way. Take, take opportunity. Now, 
we need to be willing to publicly display it, but we also, part of that action is private obedience. I wrote this down, yield to the Holy Spirit as He directs. You know, part of our faith act is not always just public because here's the thing, sometimes we can get to doing things publicly and then it begins to be a pride thing. See, the devil even lets you do something really good for God and if he can, he'll sneak in and, and affect you. Or you get to doing it just out of habit. You know, uh, just, 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 that's just something you're going to do because that's what we do. But here's the thing, can we yield to the Holy Spirit? Will we yield to the Holy Spirit in private? as He directs. Will we follow that Word that's plainly written? So first of all, we begin to train ourselves to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God's prompting me to do this. And you know what? Where that starts and where that's so effective, I, I believe truly, is in that prayer time and in your Scripture time that you begin to train yourself to, to, in that action of faith. And, and what is God, what are you saying about that certain situation? See, in this situation, Mary didn't, ha didn't know what needed to be done. She just simply turned to the servants and said, He does listen to Him. She didn't say it exactly, but that's what she was saying. She goes, whatever He says, do. What's she saying? He knows what to do. Listen to Him. See, here's the thing. If, if we're going to be able to, with, able to endure, to persist, to persevere in the times and the challenges that we are in, then we need to learn, the, learn to walk by faith and to not only walk by faith in a public dis display, but also in our, in our quiet time, in our time with Him. Begin to, begin to ask Him for leadership where that prayer is concerned, but then also begin to ask Him or, or begin to read and train yourself that when I read a scripture, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply what's plainly stated. You know, something, sometimes we, we uh, are, are uh, I say we, it's, it's those church, those people that didn't come to church today. Okay, let's blame it on them. But there are people, there are Christians and I'm having fun with that, you who are online, no pick, not picking on you. But they won't even fulfill the things that are easily written or clearly written. Forgive. Love your neighbor. I mean, some of that you say, man, I'm working on it. Well, listen, as long as we're working on it, we're, we're probably going to fall short at times. We're probably going to miss it for a, a moment or two. I mean, you know, I love my neighbor when they're good to me. I love my neighbor when it's easy. I, I, I love my, okay, so we can apply that, you know, on, on down more fully. But you know what? They wouldn't have gotten to see the miracle of the dipper and the water turning to wine and it not just being low grade, it was good stuff. It, it was amazing the transformation that came as a result of their obedience. But they wouldn't have got. They would have got. They wouldn't have got to see that had they not been willing. So they had to follow the Holy Spirit's direction, or in this case, Jesus's words. Follow the written word that's plainly written, and then we need to allow for a, a, a constructive criticism or instruction where where our life is concerned. There are certain things that we're doing, certain things that that need to be adjusted or changed, even in our prayer life or our daily life or our time in study. That's that's something that God can direct us. I think that's something good about getting away sometimes. When we get away sometimes, we get out of that grind that we're in so that we can hear from God. And then what we got to do is hold what God speaks to us and continue to carry it on into the rest of life. 
And the final thing that I, I wanted to talk about, about not drawing back, is that we need to stand on the Word regardless. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And, and learning to stand on God's Word regardless. You know, this is where shifting over into applying our, our, our prayers where our faith is concerned. In, in walking, walking out the, the faith that we have, have uh, secured through the Word of God, for, through what God said. He says, verse 10, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, and the power of His might, the King James says. So we want to we be, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He, he tells us where our strength is. He says, be strong. But he says, don't try to be strong in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. And I think sometimes that, in order to not shrink back, to not uh, cave under pressure, learning how to rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and, and allow Him and His Word to, to hold us. He says, put on the full armor of God. So take advantage of everything He's given us so that you can, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we, we are in a season, in a time where I believe the devil's at work. But you know what? That's nothing new. He's always been at work. He's going to be at work till God jerks the slack out of him completely. But here's the thing. We're, he's defeated as long as we hold our ground. God's given us everything to overcome if we'll just hold our ground. He says, verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, he says, put on the full armor of God, so that in the, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Boy, just keep saying stand. Just keep saying stand. Keep saying stand. And you know what? I, I think I may have said this. I've said it somewhere in the last week. Is that when we determine that we are going to stand forever, a lot of times we're not standing long. A lot of times God, that's when, that's when the power of God goes into operation and things begin to change quicker quicker. But here, here's the, maybe it's just the simple fact that when we've chosen or determined that we're going to stand our ground and we're not going to be moved, we're not going to be deterred, it's, it's like the, the, the time goes by much faster. It's like all of a sudden things begin to uh, change so much faster. But notice how many times he says to stand. Now let me ask you something. Who's got to do the standing? We do. We make the choice. We, make, we, we, we settle our faith. We choose to, to be obedient and to, and to do what the Word is, but stand on the Word of God regardless. Take, take that firm stand. The wonderful thing is, is that it, we're not on our own. Again, we, I've mentioned that plenty of times, but we're not on our own. But notice in verse 14, he says, Stand firm then. Now notice what he says to use, the belt of truth buckled around your waist. I've had a lot of guys teach through this, and, and, and I've seen illustrations of a you know, soldier. That's what he's painting a picture of, a soldier and all this, and get all about the, all about the, the, the different parts and, and, and what they are, what they look at. I, I believe the, the, the number one thing he's trying to get through is identify the, the things that need to be applied. 
He says, central to everything is the truth. Central to everything is the truth. What is the truth? The Word of God. Buckle around your waist. He says, take the breastplate of righteousness. Boy, he says, take that, take that righteousness. So you can say, take the truth central on everything. Take the righteousness that Jesus provided. That's why I mentioned in the, in, the, in the covenant remembrance, that's what Jesus was providing, righteousness. What is that? Right standing with God. Why is that so important? Because then I can come in and entrance. I have the entrance to the throne room of God. I can come before God with confidence and know that He's hearing us and hearing my prayers. And so we make that, that, that stand. You know what's, what's valuable about that is because there are going to be times whenever you, you will be challenged to say, I don't know if I deserve this. There could be times where you say, well, well I, I don't know if, if God's hearing me or I don't know that I can actually pray that way or pray that prayer. And you, but, but if you get settled to the fact that I'm righteous not by what I do, but by who has done it for me, that's Jesus Christ. And now I, I have the ability to restore, reconnect, realign anything that's wrong in my life so that I remain in that right place before God. That's the power of what He's given us. He's His breastplate of righteousness. Shod your feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Man, we ought to everywhere, every day, everything be centered around the gospel and what that proclaims. It's, it's peace that God's not holding anything against us, that we've been given interest and in, in provision to, to that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he goes on, and in addition to that, he says, take the shield of faith, able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. See, that faith comes against. There is a word from God, faith that comes, that, that overcomes everything that comes against us. And he goes on, he says, able to, able to quench or extinguish every flaming area of the evil, uh, uh, arrow of the evil one. And he says, taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Notice he, he, he uses salvation as that protector covering the, the head. I think that's something significant there that our mind, our will, and our emotions centered in our, in our brain, centered in our, our mind, and, and, and allowing salvation, the sa the being saved from all the things that attack and, and, and come against us in our mind. And then that final, that final thing he goes on, he says the, the sword of the Spirit, that's the offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That word... The Word of God being spoken in prayers, the yielding of that sword. Knowing how to pray. Knowing how to use it. Not just having it in your scabbard or sheath or whatever. They, now I guess sheath. Ha, ha, not just having it on your belt hanging there. Get that sucker out. That sword of the Spirit. You understand how to, how to use it, how to work it. You can listen to people who know how to pray. And they didn't, they didn't just happen to do that. They do it because they practice it. If you're not comfortable praying in, in public, then pray a lot in private. And all of a sudden, you get confident in prayer in public if you need to be, if you need to. And the final thing is this, and we'll wrap it up here. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions for all, with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping on in prayer for all of the Lord's people. And he, and he goes on, but notice, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray led by the Holy Spirit on all occasions. Use the, the help of the Holy Spirit on all occasions. Does that mean we just pray all day long? Well, yeah. 
You say, well, oh, wait a minute, I got to do business, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to. Well, yeah, but every, a, a, a involve, allow the involvement of prayer in every time you hit a question and you have need. Have that that relationship, that communication with the Lord, so that you can say, "Well, Lord, how do I, how do I fix this? This how do I troubleshoot this this motor or this this broke down piece? Oh, they don't have it the the part at that place. Lord, show me wh where they do have it, or 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 show me which direction I need to route I need to get to that, that saves me time or protects me from harm." God, you know, show me how to navigate this. We ought to involve, we ought to ask those little prayers. And then, you know what? You don't necessarily just sit there and wait. You just keep moving, but you've acknowledged that, God, I want you involved in this process. And in that process, then he can lead you on into that next stage, that next step. Keep moving forward. I think it, 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 when, we, when we allow God to be involved in all those decisions, we're going to make our plans, and then we're going to allow Him to, to help us to shift and change. I, there have been a lot of times when I've been headed to, to do something on any given day, and, and then I, I, I reroute or I change. People say, well, I thought you were doing this. Well, there was, there was a moment in time where I felt like something changed. So as we, as we get ready to close... I hope that, that you receive this encouragement and I hope that you can take it and apply it not only to your life, but maybe help minister to others with it. That you're going to settle in your mind, settle in your heart that God, I'm, going to, I'm not going to cave in under pressure. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold fast. I'm going to stand on your ground. When I'm believing for something by faith, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, Lord, what do I need to, how do I need to act? What do I need to act on? What do I need to do in order to release that faith? God, I'm trusting you for strength. Does that mean we just lay there till we're strong, or does that mean we go on and get up? Say, God, I'm going to trust you for, for wisdom. Does that mean you're waiting on God to tell you, or does that mean you're going to begin to act and, 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 and allow him to affect your mind as you begin to act? There's sometimes there's things that we got to do to demonstrate that faith. And so let's stand and let's just get ready to pray and, and just receive that. Father, we just come before you today. And, and Lord, we just, we just take and, and apply this word today. The Lord, first of all, we choose, we, de we declare, we dig our heels in, and we say we're going to stand. We're not going to be of those that shrink back, that, Lord, we're going to hold our ground, not going to give the devil any room, any space, any place. Father, we thank and praise you that we're going to, that we're going to act on that faith, that once we believe that, Lord God, whatever action we need to take, whatever thing that we need to do to release that faith, then, Lord, show us and we'll do it. We won't be one that, that's, that's only willing to do it when it's easy, but we're willing to do it because you said so. And Father, I just pray and I ask you to, to help each one of us to have that grace and that confidence and that boldness. Now, Father God, I praise you and I thank you that it all begins with that relationship with Jesus Christ, that, that we all must take that first step to say, Lord, I, I give you my life. And that, that choice and that decision is acted upon by confessing Jesus as Lord. And Father, I pray that if any has not made that choice, that decision, that they would do so and that they would take that next step of contacting us, letting us know so that we can support them in that walk with Jesus Christ. So Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.